Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get into this video, these stories are crazy. These are three neighbor stories, but they're not your typical creepy neighbor story. These three stories are about three psychopaths. I don't even know if I would necessarily call these stories scary, but they're definitely crazy. So if you're listening to this because you want to feel the chills, I don't necessarily know if this video will do that, but it will be very disturbing. I also need to give some warnings here. The first story mentions racism. The second story mentions a lot of sexual harassment. And the third one, some hardcore animal abuse. So yeah, these stories are messed up, but you've been warned. All right, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. Hi, I just wanted to say that the story in particular is not very scary, but it is very intense and crazy. It's also a very long story. I'm writing this to spread your awareness of keeping your guard up around neighbors, no matter how friendly they might seem. The story mentions domestic violence and racism. So now with a bit of backstory. My boyfriend and I had moved into this new apartment that had seemed very quiet. It was also very friendly and just overall a typical over 50 community. By the way, my boyfriend's 22 and I'm a 19 year old female. Everybody knew everybody. To describe the layout, it was four buildings all facing towards each other, and it was two-story apartments, maybe about 40 apartments altogether. Like I said, everybody knew everybody, so we would be walking to our car and get the occasional hellos, or we'd even have to stop to have quick little conversations with someone. Now, we aren't the type of younger kids to party or be all up hours of the night. We went to work, ran errands, then came home and repeat. We never had any problems with other apartments near us. The walls were very thin, so we could obviously hear the other neighbors and they could hear us. I'd like to also mention real quick that my boyfriend is mixed with long curly hair, sometimes braided, and he also dresses the part, if you know what I mean. On the day we moved in, both his parents and my mom helped us out, and we'd met this guy right next door to us. His name was Nick. The way that I can describe him as best as possible would be at least six feet tall, and he's a middle-aged white man who clearly smokes a pack a day and is very obviously obsessed with his cat. Now, he had asked my boyfriend a couple of nights after if he wants to come and smoke with him. Obviously me wanting to be nice to the neighbors, I kind of tell him to take a chance, and he does. He comes back an hour later, and he says he's really cool, and that was pretty much the end of it. So a couple of days later, I hear banging sometime in the morning. So I open the door to Nick kicking his door in, and he then apologized to me, saying he locked himself out. I brush it off, and a couple of months go by, and we just say hi to each other whenever we're coming back from work. I'd like to add that my boyfriend's schedule and mine is completely different. I work the evening shifts, and I typically get home around 9 to 11 o'clock five days a week. 
My boyfriend often switches from mornings to nights, so obviously the times differ. Now, to get really into the story, I'd like to add that we have an interracial young couple also living next door to us on the left side. So from here on out, we're going to start referring to my boyfriend as John. So the man from the next door apartment had caught up with John, and he then told him something. He then told him that he had noticed that we had been talking to Nick, and well, he wanted to warn us on something. Hey bro, I'm just going to warn you. That dude next door to you is extremely racist towards interracial couples. When we first moved in, he would stand in front of our door or pace back and forth just to harass us into leaving. One day, me and my girl were arguing, and Nick came banging on our door. My girl answered it and told him to mind his own business, and he spit in her face while she was pregnant. So I had to lay his ass out right there on the concrete, and he never bothered us again after that. Now, obviously my boyfriend told me this as he was getting ready for bed, and I was honestly shocked, because to me, Nick didn't seem like that type of person. Well, fast forward about four months, me and John were having a very bad argument. Now, John was yelling and cussing, and so was I. In the moment, we weren't really thinking that our neighbors could hear us. Eventually, we had heard a huge bang on our front door. John answered it, and as soon as he did, Nick then said, Calm down, bro. John slammed the door in his face, and I then yelled at him for being rude. We stopped fighting just to avoid anyone calling the cops, and we just went to bed. I'm sorry to keep interrupting the story, but I keep remembering things that I have to add in here. So, it's my job to get the trash ready, but for John to take it out. When I clean, I used to empty all the trash bins and leave the bag in the house for when John gets home. I noticed after a time of doing that that we'd started getting gnats in our kitchen and in the trash. Finally, I decided to just put it outside of our door until John gets home, and then he'll take it out. In the middle of the night, one day I was cleaning, and I decided to put two empty 12-pack soda boxes on the porch, because it was way too late to walk to the dumpster by myself. We woke up at around 11, and I hopped in the shower. We were both getting ready for the day, and John walks into the bathroom, and he asks me if I'm making that knocking sound. I say no. And that's when he realizes that someone's knocking on our door. At this point, we both weren't properly dressed. So when we were scrambling to see who it was, we noticed that it was Nick walking back and forth in front of our front door. We decided not to open it just because we didn't know what he wanted. At that point, we didn't really realize it was about the boxes in front of our door. We ignored it and continued the rest of our work day. As I was on my way home at around 10 at night, John had texted me and he said to be careful because Nick was outside. I agreed and I started to record on my phone just in case he tried to talk to me. Well, as I turned the corner, I noticed Nick standing at the bottom of the stairs just looking at me. I walked towards him and he then stops me, almost like he was waiting for me to come home or something. This is how the conversation went. Look, I know that motherfucker up there is hitting you, and that's not right. I can hear everything that goes on in your apartment. Half of this place used to be mine before they renovated the complex. As he's saying all this, I'm just standing there in disbelief, not knowing why he would even think that that was happening in my home. 
But he continues on. I can hear everything. I can hear every time you guys have sex. I don't care, it's whatever. When he said that, my heart dropped. Why would a grown man say that to a clearly younger woman at 10 o'clock at night? I didn't know this guy. I was severely uncomfortable by this, and all I kept thinking about was when John was going to realize that I was taking too long to get into the house. And why would he say he didn't care? What if he did care? We're adults. We pay rent to live there. We're obviously not rude and loud to purposely have our neighbors hear that. Nick then says, I just want you to know if you ever need anything, or if he hurts you again, come to me. I'll help you. I just reply back with, I'm not sure what you think is going on, but we play fights sometimes. So maybe that's what you're hearing. I promise nothing like that's happening. He continuously tried to prove me wrong and was adamant about it. Finally, John comes out and he then asks Nick what's going on. Nick just proceeds to say nothing and John continued with, Look man, whatever you have to say to her, you can say to me. This is my girlfriend. Nick walks up the stairs and then gets in John's face. I ran to get in the middle of them and I had begged Nick to go back into his apartment. I'd also like to add that John is only like 5'7 and skinny, so Nick towers over him. The entire time they're both screaming at each other, begging them both to hit one of them. John then proceeds to yell, What trash? What fucking trash are you talking about? Pointing to our porch. Johnny had already taken the boxes to the dumpster by then, thinking that's what Nick was talking to me about. I pull John inside away from him, as John then yells, How about you fix your fucking trashy ass door that has a hole in it? Finally shutting the door and calming everything down, we go to sleep. It was very hard since Johnny was in a rage about the entire situation. I have him listen to our entire conversation on my phone, and he says, Are you kidding me right now? Why in the hell would a grown ass man say that to you? Now he's calling me a woman beater? Are you serious? How delusional can this guy be? John felt extremely uncomfortable, as well as disgusted on how hugely of an accusation that was. Over the next few days, I continued to put the trash out there. One morning, I had woke up to John yelling on the phone to his mom about how he was getting ready for work, and how he was about to open the front door, and how he heard Nick talking to an older man a few doors down about how he was beating up his girlfriend and that he was basically just spreading it around to everyone in the apartments. I had to physically stop John from going out there to confront him. So a few hours later, John went to work, and I was sitting on the couch in complete silence, just thinking on what we could have possibly done to deserve Nick and his bullying. Was it the trash? Was it the accusations? No, it doesn't make any sense. And that's when I finally put two and two together. I remember what John had told me about the neighbor. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Now, I'm not one to blame racism on everything, as well as every situation under the sun, but it just seemed like a pattern. This miserable person was trying to come up with every reason to hate my boyfriend, but was treating me like the victim in the entire situation. I called my boyfriend's mom who knew everything that was going on, and I told her my theory. She then said to me, Bailey, 
I knew what it was about the moment you guys told me that you were having problems. This happens a lot, and unfortunately we're used to it. And for obvious reasons, I wasn't. Time went on, and the end of our lease was coming up. We both woke up in the morning, and we decided to clean up the place. And yet again, I had put the trash outside our door. I kid you not. We hear a loud bang on our front door. John rushed out there, and we see a trash bag which looks to have exploded at our door, not realizing that Nick had thrown it at the door. I don't think I need to tell you what happens after. It's pretty much common sense. Since it was the middle of the day, more neighbors came out to witness, and it was not pretty. I had to lock my boyfriend inside the house just to be able to go off on Nick, as well as the old man I mentioned who were now teaming up on me verbally. Nick continued to yell at me about the trash, saying it looks ghetto, and that's not who we are here. As soon as he said that, I continued to yell. I'm not a disrespectful person, and I haven't been to him even considering what has been happening. But I accused him of being a racist, and I even started tearing up, saying how what he's done to me and my home and my boyfriend was so incredibly wrong. I told him he needs to apologize to me and him. He just continued to say, I'll apologize to you, but that motherfucker in there will never get one for me. I screamed how disgusting he was that he hated John for no reason besides his color. He didn't even deny it at all. I told him he needs to leave us alone or I'm taking legal action. He continued to become adamant about how I was being beaten every night by John, and the neighbors backed him up. I walked into my apartment and I slammed the door. About an hour after that happened, the woman from next door came over and we talked about it and had some coffee. John had left for work at this point. About an hour later, I said goodbye to her and I left the garbage bag in the corner of our patio and I went to take a shower. As I was leaving for work, I had opened the door to the bag falling on my feet like someone had moved it there on purpose. I took a picture of it, threw it in the dumpster and then left. I didn't even mention it to Johnny, knowing what would happen. I wanted to keep the peace for as long as I could. We signed another lease, and weeks went by of the same thing. I'd walked on eggshells every time I came home from work, thinking he would be downstairs waiting for me. I would wake up to knocking on our front door if I was home alone. I would check out the windows to make sure he wasn't outside smoking whenever I left for work. I hated being home alone. He would always move our trash bags in front of our door if they weren't taking out by the time he saw fit. At this point, my neighbor was harassing us. And I know most people may be thinking, well, why didn't you just take it out right away so you can avoid the conflict? Me personally, I'm not going to bow down to a bully. He doesn't pay my rent. He doesn't work for the building. If I start doing that, I'm almost scared to see what else he's going to come up with to start more issues. I've learned that's just the type of person our neighbor is. He has severe issues. I hate that I share a wall with him. He can hear every conversation we have, and there's nothing I can do about it. We're currently dealing with it via our landlords, but it's still happening. I've begged John over and over to keep his cool if he sees him, but honestly... I really don't know how long I have until things take a turn for the worst. I'm sorry this was so long. I know it's probably not that scary to many, 
but to have a neighbor terrorizing you and your lover constantly, well, it's been very scary for me. You really have no clue on the kind of people you're going to be running into when moving into a new apartment. Well, anyways, stay safe, everyone, and thank you for listening. Before I tell my story, I want to give you some background information. No names have been changed, and this actually happened to me. My name is John, and I'm a 20-year-old transgender man that is more into men than women, and I'm engaged to a man. We don't live together yet, though. I live in a rural area in the Midwestern United States. I'm almost one year on testosterone at the time of writing this. With the backstory over, let me talk about my neighbors down the street. It gets quite creepy later on, so prepare for that. It was early July of 2022 when this started. I'd been hearing a lot of positive things about a couple in a big colorful house. I heard that they had a pool and were overall nice people. David and Diane is the name of the couple I'm speaking of. David is a cisgender bisexual man and an overall very horny person. I know that this is quite common, as my fiancé is the same way, so I didn't really see anything wrong with it. David is also a Vietnam War veteran, and he's 76 now. He was 75 when this all started, as I was 19. Diane is a transgender woman that has had all of the surgeries. She's pretty much the same age as David. I believe that she's a year older, but I can't remember for sure. She had pretty much the same horny personality as David, but she was more straightforward about it. She's still the same way from what I've heard. Anyways, one of my close friends told me that Dave and Diane were having a 4th of July pool party and that I could come down if I wanted to. I thought that getting out for a while would be a good idea and I could perhaps make some friends with the couple. I don't have swim trunks, and I haven't had top surgery yet, and I still haven't even at the time of writing this. Anyways, I put on my chest compression binder, threw on a shirt, and I borrowed a pair of my dad's swim trunks that he hasn't worn in several years. I don't really remember what time I got down the street to their house. All I remember is that it was evening. When I got out of my car, I walked up to the little gate that led to a small ramp that went up to the back deck with the built-in pool. I kind of just stood at the gate, unsure on whether or not to just walk in. My close friend that I had mentioned before said that I could just come on up. I did just that, and I then introduced myself to David, who was sitting in a chair with just shorts on. It was pretty hot, and I would have done the same thing if I had top surgery. My close friend had her boyfriend at the time with her as well. Diane eventually came outside, and I introduced myself. My close friend's grandparents that she lives with were also there. I sat in a chair in front of David for just a few minutes before I got in the pool. I remember that David gave off a vibe that I was quite unfamiliar with. My friend, her boyfriend, and Diane and I were all in the pool throwing vinyl-covered foam balls at each other. And let me tell you, Diane had a hell of a throwing arm. She got me on the shoulder once really hard. I told her about me being female to male transgender, and she seemed to open up and start talking to me more. A large portion of the time there was spent in the pool. 
Once we got out and dried off, we had a couple of slices of pizza. Diane then said that we could explore the house, and me, always wondering since I was a kid what the inside looked like, jumped at the opportunity. We explored the first two floors, and I couldn't believe how much bigger it looked on the inside. The giant master bedroom was probably the best part of the whole house. I won't go into too much detail about the first two floors, as it's quite a lot. When we noticed another set of stairs leading to a third floor, we quietly went up the stairs. What I saw next is when things started to fill off. The attic was basically a sex dungeon. There was an adult swing in one corner and harnesses on the wall. We heard a sound that came from part of the room that we couldn't see. We assumed that it was David and that we weren't supposed to see that room. We very quietly and quickly went down the stairs and the only thing I could ask myself was, what the hell are these people into? I found out later that they liked bondage. Right before I left that night, Diane then said I should come down for dinner sometime, and we set up a date and time. Fast forward a few days, and I went to their place again. My mom said she didn't really feel quite right about the whole situation. I went down anyway though, assuming I could take care of myself if a weird situation came about. I sat about three feet away from David on the couch as Diane cooked spaghetti. I'm usually pretty good at reading people, thanks to the true crime documentaries, as well as all the interrogations I've watched. I wasn't able to read David or Diane very well, however, as they were displaying behaviors that I've never really been around before. There were weird vibes from the very moment that I walked into their house that night. It was just me and them this time. While the spaghetti was cooking, Diane came and asked me which movie I wanted to watch. She suggested Beetlejuice, which surprisingly, I had never seen before. She put the DVD in and turned on the wall lights. This is where things started to get really freaking creepy. David must have had some kind of look on his face, because Diane then said, What do you want, David? And what David said next made me freeze in place. He then said, I want both of you naked in my bed upstairs. Diane just brushed it off and laughed and then went to check the spaghetti. David was still sat in the same spot he was before and after about 10 or so seconds of me being frozen in place, staring at the wall, I said, Yeah, this is awkward. David then asked me, What's awkward? Um, what you said. David asked me what he said and I just said never mind after that. He began to reach towards me, and as he was doing so, he then said, You're alright, gently patting my hand. I went stiff and tense at this point. The feeling in my gut got worse, but I suffer from anxiety, so I don't really know how often my gut feelings are true. Most of the time they end up being wrong anyway. The spaghetti and some delicious garlic bread were finally ready, and once I got my food, I sat on the couch. I realized later on that I'd taken David's spot, but he was comfortable with where he was. And yeah, he still had only shorts on. After we finished eating, Diane had asked me if I smoked weed. I'm a pretty big stoner, so of course I said yes. 
She went to grab her bag of weed pipe and grinder. She packed the pipe, and me and her shared the bowl. David didn't want any. At this point, Beetlejuice was over, and we had started watching Rock of Ages with Tom Cruise, which I'd also been dying to watch. I remained in the same position for the most part. My mom wanted me home by 9pm, and it was already 8.30 at this point. I had a strange high going on now. I told Diane at 9pm that I had to leave. Diane pretty much begged me to stay for the next song. Then the next song, then the next one, which was just a dry hum scene. I got extremely uncomfortable at this point, and David noticed. He said that I could go home if I wanted to. I said a quick thank you, and I left pretty quickly, but I remained friendly. When I got home, I felt really off. I still think to this day that there was something more than just weed in that damn pipe. I felt jittery, and I had tears in my eyes for no reason whatsoever. My mom noticed this, but she didn't ask me about it. I told my fiancé about when David made that comment about me and Diane in his bed upstairs. My fiancé told me to text David about it, and I didn't go down there again for about a month or two. I wanted to work out the issue, so I went back. Not the greatest idea. I then apologized to David and Diane, but more importantly, David. He said that I need to grow thicker skin, which is true, but damn. He was so straightforward about his desire that night that he just caught me completely off guard because I'm really not used to that from people. After a while, David and I actually became pretty close friends, and I really loved hearing his Vietnam War stories. He told me about how his gut feelings are usually correct, and he told me one story that blew my mind. He was in a building with a few other soldiers, and he had the intense urge to leave, and he told the soldiers. Most of them followed him, and right after that, a missile hit the building that they just exited. Anyways, fast forward to this February. I wanted my fiancé to meet David and Diane, and my fiancé wanted to meet them as well. David doesn't really like my fiancé though because of his political views. Diane tried to get me and my fiancé to go to a motel and have a three-way with her behind David's back. The last incident was the craziest. I texted Diane telling her that I had some good weed that I wanted her to try. She responded back by recommending that I stay the night and drink some alcohol. I told her that my fiancé really wouldn't like that, and she responded back with, Well, he'll only know if you tell him. I decided to quote-unquote interrogate her and asked her what we would do if I stayed. She mentioned wanting to cuddle with me and even taking a fucking shower together and sleeping with her. At that point, my fiancé knew about this, and he called her, pretty much cussing her out and threatening to call the cops for somewhat unrelated incidents. Diane went crazy at this point, swearing and screaming at my fiancé. She then texted me and my fiancé both, stating that neither one of us were ever allowed on her and David's property ever again, and if we did come onto her property, she'd file a restraining order against us. Stupid, I know all because I wouldn't sleep with her. I texted David, and I wished him a happy birthday on his birthday, and he just went and told Diane about it. Diane never said anything about me not contacting David. My friends still go there, and they've tried to tell them my side of the story, 
but they're stuck in their ways. I don't try at all anymore. I gave up on them. Dear David and or Diane, if you're hearing this, please consider a change of heart and try and figure out that it isn't fucking cool to get someone to sneak around their significant other. I know this wasn't as scary as most stories, so thank you for all taking the time to listen. I guess the lesson of this is to trust your gut. Stay safe, everyone, and stay hungry. I'm a 24-year-old female college student. The story takes place four years ago. It was September 17, 2019. I was only 20 years old, and I was moving into my first apartment. My parents were helping me load boxes into the complex while I was talking to the neighbors. I had talked to this lovely elderly couple who was sitting on their porch. They showed me around the apartment building, and one of them said how he was the head of the building commission. I went inside and I started to unpack, when I heard these buzzing sounds coming from the right apartment. It was like one of those electric meat cutters for turkey and such. I went to go tell him that he was being loud, and so I knocked on his door, and he then opened it very slightly. There was an overwhelming smell of Febreze that wafted out of the crack. I told him that the buzzing noise was way too loud, and I'm his new neighbor. He then responded with a hoarse voice. Um, I'm making roasted ham. With a stuttering voice like he was too cold or scared. Half of his face was showing, and it was covered in pimples and extremely pale. There was stubble all over his chin, and his eyes were red, and he was also sniffling like he had just wept. Are you okay, man? You look sickly. I can go get you some help if you need it. I said. He just replied back with a, No thank you. I then caught the slightest whiff of a rancid odor, like if you didn't clean a fish's bowl. I soon left as he slammed the door, and the buzzing stopped. Fast forward three months later, I hear his hoarse voice screaming and incoherently rambling. I went over to my phone, and I called the building commission. He said that many residents complained about him, but his high-profile parents had always backed him up, and it stopped him from ever getting eviction notices. But this time he was fed up himself, and with me, he knocked on his door. But we didn't get an answer, so he called our local police department, and they came in and knocked on his door again. Suspecting he was on drugs, they grabbed a screwdriver and unscrewed the door and the smell coming out of the room was rancid, wasn't even an understatement. It was horrid. I felt like I was going to die from the nausea induced by that smell. The sight was so horrible, I won't even be able to describe it in detail. So basically, he would take and steal animals, and he had these sick fantasies that he did to them in horrid ways I can't even describe. But in the end, he would kill the pet, then throw it on the ground and let it rot. Then he would use a shit ton of Febreze to cover it up. He ended up murdering his own pet. He goes into these psychotic states, and he was actually arrested for 15 counts of animal abuse. He was sentenced to a psych ward, and they had to destroy his room because it was so decayed and moldy. I ended up moving the day after this fiasco happened. I couldn't even sleep for weeks afterwards. I'm still traumatized to this day by this dude. What a sicko.
Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always...